Look at that, a new graphics package, a new co-host today. We're finally getting things right on Come On You Reds. Wheels up, everyone. Gareth Wheeler with you for another week of TFC Talk. Thrilled to be joined this week. No Terry Dunfield. He's away on assignment, literally on assignment, but you will be hearing from Dunfield with a special message momentarily. It's the great Maria Papadakis, in-house host extraordinaire for Toronto FC, basically the voice in the face of Toronto FC. That's the best way of putting it, Maria. How are you? I'm doing very well. I love the introduction. That was amazing. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be back on the podcast. I think I haven't done one of these since 2019. That was the last time I was on a podcast with you. So I'm glad to be back. And and how are you? And and I think that we were actually in person. Like I've seen Maria so few times. Every time we see one another, we give each other a big hug because we don't see each other. We see each other at TFC games. That's about it. I know, I know. And I'm always running around at the field. So if I see you like in a glimpse in the moment in the press box, it's like, hey, how are you, Kate? Bye, gotta go. (laughs) Gotta run again. So it's good. It's always good to see you. You must have so many random fans just come up to you and say, hey, Maria, what's going on? Take a bit. How often does that happen every match day? Oh, it happens a lot. There's too many times to count, definitely during match games. But for me, it's always when I'm out in public or like if I was at the Canada game, I had a few people come up to me there. Nice. I've had people come up to me just at random restaurants and stuff. So it's weird. It's 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 still a weird feeling for me to have people recognize me outside of people field. But it's it's really humbling and, it, and it's really nice to see that. And there's, and there's always such a good fan base. So I love it. It's great. Well, when, when I'm walking down and you know my position in the press box, front right, I just sit by myself. I take in the the game i take my brutal notes and when i kind of trudge my way down to their broadcast position for after 90 people don't ask for their picture with me they point and sneer they're like oh there's there's wheel. like no one wants their picture with me maria so take it as a compliment no no it's great gareth everyone knows my face is it like what is it Honestly, no, but you know why you always get the hey Gareth. There's so many times when you'll be recording after 90, and I can just hear everyone being like, Gareth, Gareth, Gareth. So it's awesome. Trust me, everyone loves the voice. Thank you for cleaning that up. They, they <laughs> might be saying something else to me, say, believe Gareth. Yeah, but th- thank you, Maria. Much appreciated. Uh look, off the top, like first and foremost, we're back at BMO Field again on Saturday. Don't you feel like just the energy just around that place? It's being revitalized. It's back. Like, I, I, I don't think that everyone appreciated what it was like when you and I were at that game, at the TFC games, and no one was there. It was like yeah. literally us and the teams do, and, and we're there trying to provide content or do whatever. Man, like, the, the, the fan experience, the atmosphere just plays such a massive role into what game day is all about. And I'm just so thrilled it's back. And I feel like it's just re-energized, you know, not just people like us, but everyone at the club from players to personnel to, 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 to staff, just everyone involved in the operation. Yeah. You know what, when we were hosting, even with like the, 50% capacity or 25% capacity, whatever it was, as the stages were going on, even though I was there hosting certain games, it was great to have people in there, but it just wasn't BMO Field. And to see it go from that to what it is now, having a full stadium of fans, having everyone just 
super excited standing almost the entire time depending on the game and like it it brings a whole different light and different energy under even our content and and it's great and i think it's done a huge part in motivating the guys motivating the team motivating us to do more and more and more every day we're on the team right so i love yeah. it it's great yeah it's uh it, it's about time it, it's a great vibe i gave a little bit of a rant on my twitter spaces after 90 minutes last week because when i went to my perch to deliver after the new york city win two weeks ago people were leaving early people were like streaming out i'm like it takes long enough to get into that building stay through the final whistle and support your team the game was in doubt it wasn't as if it was like you're losing like four nil or something like that so that was my message can i get your help on this like just I, I everyone stay in your seats let's go i think it's the weather you think so i'm not that soft all right I'm not everyone has been inside for so long that everyone i have talked to around the fans or on the stadium have been like it's too cold i can't do it for that long right and everyone's like i can't do it and i'm like what happened to us being canadians yeah what happened to us racing the cold and you know me i'm always complaining about the cold i have like the worst capacity for cold weather but i don't know everyone's been saying it's the weather and it's yeah it's been cold i mean it's april 14th and and you know like we're still getting rain and snow so i i i can i can tell you that it's definitely the weather but i hope that people can put that aside and be there until the final whistle because you you miss that moment at the final whistle when you when you hear it and you hear that music go off it's a different vibe it's a different energy and it's a different moment to appreciate yeah. so stay next time Garrett, no, I just, you on twitter if you don't I, I, I just say like you know the best part about soccer or football is that the game and, and stoppage time and half it's like it's like a two-hour experience right like if you want to tack on an extra 15 minutes, get into the stadium so you can get your food and drink early, like two and a half hours isn't long compared to what you experience with other sports, like that can drag on and, and you're not sure how long it's going to be. Like there's a finite period of time that you're in that stadium with your friends, with your family, um, go on and enjoy it. And the weather forecast, a little iffy this Saturday, it's Easter weekend. Um, but yeah, just stay to the end. Do me a solid. Okay. Don't, don't make me like that angry old, old man over here. Um, one more thing before we get down to business, the rest of our lineup here, um, last game was very random because all of a sudden you came up to the press box and you see, and you said to me, do you see that Ronaldinho's here? I'm like, what Ronaldinho an all time great. Uh, was in the house at BMO Field. Of course, he was rolling with Dwayne De Rosario. The TFC content team was all over it. When did you get word that Ronaldinho was going to be at BMO Field? And what was your reaction? Okay, so I always, like, my routine is I go down to where the game ops uh, room is and I go and check in with um, a manager for in-stadium. And he's like, oh, by the way, like, Ronaldinho's here today. And I immediately was like, my mouth like fell to the floor. I was like, there is no way like, like the Ronaldinho. And he's like, yeah, Maria, I'm not kidding you. It's like the Ronaldinho. Cause I asked him the same question like seven times, making sure that I was right. I wasn't losing it. Cause I didn't believe you. I was like, are you sure you have the right person? And you're like, yes, I'm, right, I'm right? sorry for questioning you. No, no, it's I was questioning my own sanity at that point. Um, so then I, I was like, oh my God, great. So they told me when, after my halftime hit where he would be. So I went over and we were trying to get some more content with him, but because he was just like 
I'm done with the cold. I want to leave kind of thing. I didn't get a moment to uh, talk to him and he shook my hand. It was really nice. Met his translator and himself. And honestly, I was in like, I was starstruck. I couldn't believe like he was standing in front of my eyes and shook my hand. I was like, do I wash my hand now? Like, what, what do I do? So no, he was, uh, he was great. Like such an awesome guy. And yeah, he immediately went in the tunnel club and he was like i want to go to the car i'm freezing so they had left right after halftime but it was crazy to see him there and yeah obviously Dwayne de rosario being able to bring such an influential footballer into the stadium in canada of all places was incredible to see i mean and there's been some massive names who have been in that stadium who've attended games it was just so unexpected it just kind of came out of nowhere it was just like what Ronaldinho's here like that it kind of snuck up on you exactly and it was just like he was here for something with I believe like crypto or NFT something of course yeah, <laughs> kind of like the sports world I was very like when I heard that I was like that's random but you know what I mean it's it's a big thing going on right now uh but yeah I was not expecting that like you would think that you would have heard days leading into the match that he'd be in Canada and Toronto and I was just shocked. I was like, this is incredible. And the amount of people on Instagram after I had posted um, the picture of him and Dero, everyone was like, I can't believe I didn't come to that game. Or, oh my God, that's so cool. There were so many people who didn't come to that match that were just living with themselves yeah. um, over social media. So that's why you have to come to the game and stay till the end. Garrett's yeah. point. <laughs> uh, it, you know, and I was I was going over through my head like you know great Brazilians that have played for Toronto FC. Julio Cesar, you know, one of the greatest Brazilian goalkeepers of all time, played for Toronto FC for a short period of time. It's still one of my pinch myself things that he was here playing for Toronto FC. Gilberto, there've been others, but Ronaldinho, probably the greatest Brazilian player that's ever stepped into BMO Field. Uh, let me know if I'm wrong out there at Gareth Wheeler, Gareth Wheeler on Instagram. Hit me up. I'm probably wrong because hey, I'm wrong about a lot of things in life um let's get into last week uh tfc making the trip out to salt lake city i i i have a real problem now maria because i'm a massive fan of the real housewives of salt lake city so i keep on saying the real housewives of salt hold on real salt lake it's really messing me up do you watch that show I didn't even know that there was a Salt Lake version of Real Housewives. So, Gareth, I learned something you new did? today. Oh, it is unbelievably good. The, the Orange County ones and like the Atlanta and New Jersey. I think those are my favorite because they're just like they're they're in it. They're in it for to win it, and they're hilarious. So, yes, I watched my in my in my power rankings goes New York City, then it goes uh, Salt Lake City. That's how good they are. Then it goes Orange County. Then it goes Jersey. Then Atlanta. They're all they're all amazing. But anyways, this is the thing that you get strung along in in married life. You, you just start being able to re recite your favorite the housewives. Um, <laughs> so the thing, the crazy thing, like leading into the game, like I've been following and covering this team since day number one. I didn't realize that they haven't won there since like 2007. It was their first away win ever. And Salt Lake City has just been such a difficult place. I've been there for, for their one draw over that span. It's been like a house of horrors for Toronto FC. They come away with a hard-fought 2-2 draw on the weekend. And altogether, I'm feeling really good about this for a number of different reasons. One, another come-from-behind you know, result where you pick up points from a position of a deficit TFC down twice in that game to fight back twice with this very young group of players going out and, and, and doing some really brave things on the field that made me feel good. And two, 
two academy players scoring their first goals for Toronto FC, uh, Kosi Thompson and Jaden Nelson, both scoring in the exact same game. If you were asked me a few weeks ago, whether I thought that that would ever happen in a game like this, I would have said absolutely not. But now we're kind of seeing this new look Toronto FC team continue to grow and blossom before our eyes. How much did it surprise you? What were your takeaways from the draw last weekend? Going into the match, I didn't think that it'd be as 50-50 as it was. That back and forth, I honestly wasn't expecting that. Uh, from Just from either team, I thought there'd be more, I guess, I don't know if the energy is the right word, but I guess I would say more, like, I thought there'd be, I thought it'd be a higher scoring game in a sense. I, I don't know why I thought it'd be so, I didn't think it'd be so 50-50, but I love the grit. I love the energy behind the guys getting back into it searching for those that win or draw that like what they were going for those three points, but eventually ended up being that draw, which Jaden Nelson, absolutely amazing to see. And I think what for the way I saw it was we, a lot of people underestimated the amount of young power on this team. This course. And I think Saturday's match was a true explanation of how well this team does with such young players and how we have to really trust that young talent. I think with Bob Bradley as a coach this year, he's putting a lot of faith and a lot of um, ability in these young guys to have confidence and take those shots, take those goals. So when you have two MLS debut goals for these two guys, that's incredible. It's their first goal, for us, first MLS goals of all time. And I think it was incredible to see and then Jaden Nelson getting that, that goal to keep it equalized. So I thought it was incredible to see. Yeah. Um, that is a perfect transition in my wheels up wheels down of the week. My wheels up is it's time for the Academy to shine. And Maria, I've been kind of a person that's been a little bit slow to come around to the idea of just playing kids or playing kids so much, because I really think that over the course of these long seasons, you need experienced players to come through. And in the past, when there was calls to play young Canadian players, on a very good Toronto FC team that we've watched gone on, go on to compete and win MLS cups. I just don't think that they've been ready, but the work that's being put into the Academy, it takes time and patience in order to see it come to fruition, but the time is now. And, and, and we're seeing the rewards of being patient. I think that last season, some of the young players were maybe thrown into it a little bit too early, but this season under this head coach and Bob Bradley, the opportunities there for these players to carve out roles in this team and they're rising to the occasion. And, you know, speaking to a lot of these young players, it, it's not just the get, getting experience at the MLS level. It's like becoming much more mature from a physical perspective, an emotional perspective, uh, a mental perspective and being able, you know, to, to answer that bell and play on a, on a week to week basis. And I think that finally, you know, you, you, you surround them with, with, with players like Bradley and Osorio players that they can get them through some difficult moments. And now you're seeing it all come together real nicely for this team. So I'm, I'm thrilled for them. I couldn't imagine if these young Academy players, these homegrown players weren't ready where Toronto FC would be at just in terms of the overall turnaround of the squad. But they understand what it means to play for Toronto FC. And I think that is the main headline uh, to start the season through six games, the way that these young players are achieving. And now we're starting to believe in what they're producing on a week-to-week -week basis. Yeah, and, and Gareth, if I may, honestly, I think it also comes down from the older guys on the team. You see that they 
on the field during these games, they give them those opportunities. They allow them to, to explore and have that chance to take that shot, take that pass. Like they, there's a, there's a level of understanding where they know that these young guys also want to progress. And you can see that chemistry on the field, each and every game from training to game. And it's, it's incredible to see, really. I just find there's an overall understanding and overall want for this team to succeed young to veteran player on the team. Yeah. Yeah. I think Bob's the right coach too. Like he works so much. You probably see him on the touchline. He's in constant conversation. Like I, I wouldn't say he's a micromanager, but he just communicates and he's thorough just in terms of um, his messaging and putting these players into positions that they can achieve. Uh, so well done. We saw DeAndre Kerr come back into the team in the second half as a second half substitute as well. Nelson before his equalizer came on just five minutes before that, that was kind of the missing link for Jaden Nelson. I think that everyone's liked what we've seen from him earlier this season, the growth that he's shown just an attacking position needs to start scoring goals and what a goal it was not just to finish catching Zach McMath off his line, but getting stuck in to win that challenge, win that ball back. Then the wherewithal to lift his head and put that ball into the back of the net. Just what it like, that is a memorable way to score your first goal. And I just love what I've seen from Jaden Nelson thus far this season. Yeah. No, and I, I think it was great for them to share the moment too, between Cozy Thompson and Jaden Nelson. That's an incredible moment. It's just be like, you walk in the locker room and you're like, Hey, congrats and congrats. You know what I mean? I think that was like the little heartfelt moment for myself. To be a teenager again, the good old days. Uh, my God, I can barely remember my wheels down of the week actually happened at the exact same moment because we were almost robbed of that Jaden Nelson gold by a VAR check. Now I have no problem with VAR in major league soccer. And by comparison in the way that other leagues use it, I think that MLS does a pretty nice job at it. The, the problem is, is the subject subjective nature of the time when they went to check with that VAR challenge. They were checking to see if it was a foul on the field. If Jaden Nelson committed a foul on that challenge. I saw this in the CONCACAF Champions League. It happened in Montreal where a goal was called back based on a challenge midfield. The referee didn't think it was a challenge at that time. But when you slow it down and you review it the way that you do, then sometimes it can create a different impression. Like, look, that's not something for me that should be we, we should be using VAR for use it for offside, use it for obvious handballs, obvious penalties inside the area, uh, whether the ball went over the line or not, things that are a little bit more black and white. Like how many tackles and challenges do we see a game? Like we don't want to have to go back and reflect and review. Should that have been called back? Like there, there has to be a little bit of gray area for a referee to go on and call a game the way that they best see fit. So I didn't like that because it almost took away what, what, what turned out to be an incredibly special moment, but there was that threat. And based on the way that the early season, some of the calls that played out, you're like, Oh no, it's not gonna, I, I just didn't like the way that that works. So that's my wheels down of the week. Any, no, nothing. No, for me, You're on the same I, page as me, or am I just? I'm on the same page as you. I think VAR. I think it's great, but I also think it has its downfalls, and I think sometimes it can take away the excitement, the that little conversation you have with your friends after the game, like, oh, that was this, or oh, that was that. It takes away sometimes that that mystery, that mysterious moment in those soccer games where you're like, was it or was it not? And I feel like there's that, there's a part of that. That's a part of the game as weird as that may sound. I'm sure, I don't know if I'm making sense, but I feel yeah. like 
There's like a little bit of that like conversation that you always want to happen around that game. And I just feel like with VAR, it, it tends to be too analytical too like, it has to be this way sometimes, but I understand why it's there. So yeah, Rio Ferdinand, actually, when VAR was first brought in, like him and a, among a number of players said, you're going to take away that debate. Well, we're having the same debate now, but is that what we should be debating? I'll let you debate that. So there you go. Um, a, a couple other news or noteworthy performances uh, from last weekend's game. I thought Jacob Schaffelberg was great. Uh, it was really too bad that he went down through injury so early in the season, missed a few games, but the way that he can with such power and pace and speed, just get him behind the back line and play those balls across his distribution last season. It improved so much. And that ball to Thompson on the far post, by the way, not an easy finish by Kosi Thompson on the goal as well. I like how he decided to use placement and not power, just steer it into the corner. Um, I thought Schaffelberg, he, he's showing the makings of being, uh, a different type of player than anyone else that TFC has on the field. And now playing from a little bit of a deeper position at that left wing back role, I think it could suit him to a T. So I like what I saw him coming back into the team. And you mentioned it, um, uh, Maria, just about some of the older players in the team. I, I, I don't think we often talk, talk about Jonathan Osorio for obviously obvious reasons, a Canadian con connection, him qualifying for the World Cup, him playing alongside Michael Bradley in a more of a double pivot role, Osorio playing a little bit further up and Bradley kind of holding that relationship is working. And they're providing stability in front of the back three. And oftentimes I don't think that it's acknowledged how much work and how vitally important the positioning, the leadership, the play of Michael Bradley is on a week to week basis. I thought he was excellent in Salt Lake tying the team together. He still has a huge role to play in this team and him and Osorio, you know, you took away Delgado from the team last year and you're wondering how that was going to work going from the three to a two. And I think that they've exceeded my expectations the way that they played out of the gate this season as well. Completely agree. Uh, anything else that you want to bring up about the game? I mean, the first Real Salt Lake goal was unsavable by Justin Miram. Little bit of mistake uh, leading to the Krylak goal in the 43rd minute. Uh, you know, it was tough on Lucas McNaughton because he's played very good. Just misjudged the ball in the air. He was taken off at halftime based upon a tactical change switching to four at the back rather than five. So he was sacrificed. I don't think it had anything to do with his player that moment. Um, and it was a logical choice to bring on a more attack minded team uh, for the second half to try to go on and find that equal equalizer. And guess what? It worked for Toronto FC on the night as well. Uh, my only other thing I mentioned uh, two things, actually the same starting 11 back-to-back -back games for the first time this season. So some consistency finally we're experiencing in the team and now TFC have gone 16 games without a clean sheet. You think about some of the goals though, that Alex Bono's conceded this season last, like nothing he could do. I think that that's keeping bones and goalkeeper coach John Conway up at night. Like they want that clean sheet desperately. You know how much that means to them. I think that's kind of the next step, the next piece that's kind of going to come together for this team. Um, just making sure that you add that clean sheet. But other than that, a, a great away performance, Maria. Now TFC picked up points in their last three games. Um, and now they're two, two and two on the season. Yeah. Do you take that? Are you happy with that return thus far? I think anytime you leave with the point, it's a great return. So I think 
whether you're leaving with something, uh, one or three points, you're still leaving with something. So I think it's great momentum going into this uh, weekend's match. So we'll see. Eighth place uh, in the table, joint or the same, the exact same record as Columbus Crew, who are a good team. Three points back of second place, Orlando. So things are congested. Uh, no one's running away with it, with the exception of perhaps the team that we're seeing at BMO Field this Saturday, the Philadelphia Union. Roll into town, uh, Philadelphia Union, the only undefeated team in Major League Soccer. Five wins and a draw. Uh, the game this weekend goes down at 7.30 p.m. at BMO Field. Let's go to Maria Papadakis for her game in focus. What are we looking at in terms of Toronto FC and this matchup in particular this Saturday? Yeah, so for me, I think it goes back to what we said about the young stars. I got to mention Jaden Nelson again. You know, he's been... Absolutely incredible. From last season to this season, he's already had four starts in six matches. So for him, that's an incredible start to the season. And he's been absolutely amazing. I think he's going to come into this match and really show if he does start uh, another side of us coming off of that goal again. I think he's going to be a player to watch, a player to watch grow throughout the season. And under Bob Riley's management, you really see how much he's changed as an athlete and as a young player. So I think he's one of my players to watch coming into this match. My uh, second point would be that the Union is a tough team. The Philadelphia yeah. Union, like you said, they're coming on. They've uh, they're coming in on a five-game uh, winning streak. And they've had four clean sheets in 2022. I know we just spoke about how Toronto FC hasn't had a clean sheet yet, but they've had four. So they're going to be a tough on the defense, tough on trying to get those goals in. And a player to watch on their side is Daniel Gazdag. He scored in four consecutive matches, which has tied the longest offensive stretch in Union history, matching CJ Sapong in 2015. So I think that's absolutely incredible. A player to watch. I think they're going to have a really, really strong offensive play going on throughout the match. So definitely up for our defense to keep an eye out for that. And then my third point would be how we mentioned the Reds are at 2-2-2 two, two, and two right now. However, they're undefeated in three matches. So Toronto FC will be holding some momentum. However, Philadelphia has a union when they lead at half <laughs> uh, for winning. So uh, we have to make sure that we try to avoid that. And we try to come, come in getting a goal leading the half at halftime. So those are my points heading into the match. Those are what I'm looking out for. And uh, what do you think, Gareth? I, I like the play on words. It was very Wheeler-esque. Philadelphia as a union. Well done. <laughs> uh, they're, they're not just a good attacking team. They haven't conceded a goal in their last four games at Philadelphia. It's funny. They, they were in, uh, you know, they, they drew their first game of the year. You were wondering. They, they did make some significant offseason moves. But, man, they, they look to be the team to beat at least so far in Major League Soccer, for, for good reason. It's going to be that much more difficult as well with no Carlos Salcedo this weekend. Uh, by virtue of uh, him being sent off uh, against Real Salt Lake, he's suspended this weekend for Toronto FC. So uh, I, if, if I was just going to wager a guess, I think that TFC plays four at the back. You're playing at home. Get a more attack-minded player in the field. You can look to McNaughton coming back in, playing alongside O'Neill. Uh, with Schaffelberg down the left, maybe a, maybe a Chung down the right, and and TFC just adding that extra you know additional midfielder, additional attacking player to go on and try to challenge Philadelphia. They have one of the best goalkeepers in Major League Soccer, and Andre Blake. But last time he was at BMO Field, he got lit up by Canada four 0 
Uh, it'll be a little bit more warmer this time. And he had to watch Cat- all of us celebrate Canada going on to punch the World Cup tickets as well. But uh, certainly this is going to be a big early season test. It seems like there hasn't been really a soft game yet. Um, I don't, it, it might actually work out well just in terms of the way the schedule makers have kind of gone about things at TFC. Yeah, they're, they're forced to play some difficult teams in difficult moments earlier this season. And, and once Insigne comes in and, and, and some other potential reinforcements, some players like Akinola, Prizo get more fit. Perhaps it plays to TFC's advantage that they can get hot in the summer. I've had coaches over the years tell me all the time, it's not about what you do in April and May. It's about the form that you're in come July and August. So um, all these points right now, while the team's undergoing this facelift, it's an absolute bonus. I think that the way they're playing, fearless, I don't care who it is that they go up against Maria. There's just no fear in this team. I think that it all, you know, it bodes well for a successful season for Toronto FC. Um, so know they can do it. And man, this is going to be a, it's, it's going to be a tough game, but yeah. by the way, by the way, I meant to ask you, we're going to do rapid fire with you, but it's going to be the first game under the lights at BMO field on the season. Do you prefer day games or night games at BMO? I was just having this conversation with our producer, Erica, right before we had started. And you know what? Really? I, I have fallen in love with the early after or the late afternoon games. I think they're great. I think it's a little bit warmer. And I think this that's why it's shining. And you know what? I honestly just think that, um, I don't know. I, I really enjoy it. I think a lot of people like to come to those games and then people are always saying like, Oh, like we can go out after and keep talking and go to Liberty village. And there's a whole community of See, that's you know, why the truth comes out. You like it. So you can keep your Saturday night plans. That's it. <laughs> there's an even balance. However, I going back to it. I do miss being under the lights. There's something about that dark sky and those lights shining that I really do miss. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of like at an even tie right now. I don't know which one I prefer. Oh, don't sit on the fence, Maria. You said daytime. You said daytime. I'm a nighttime guy. Just like I, I, ever since I was young, when when I was playing growing up, I always felt like playing under the lights seems more professional. You know, it's, it's kind of like you're on a stage and the spotlights are on you. I don't know. Maybe that's just something psychological that just my approach to the game has always been different when I play under the lights, but I, I just think it looks pro, you know what I mean? I and like, and that's, that's why, like, as much as I love the day games now, because I think they're great. And I think a lot of people love coming to those day games. There's something about the lights that I know I'm going to be super happy to be under them on, uh, on Saturday night. So right. I don't know, we'll see. Let, let, let's settle on weekend night games. Good uh, weekday night games. Difficult. That's just because of traffic. Let's be honest here. More so than anything else. I'm I mean, right. I'm, a, I'm a night game guy. You're, you're fighting the 401 or the DVP. So it's one or the other. Take your poison. Yeah. Yeah. At, at least like this weekend, there's no like wrestling. And I think like last weekend, it was the exact times as medieval times was coming out. It was a little bit of a nightmare leaving, but well worth it to go on and be, be, be at BMO field for Toronto FC. Um, there's plenty going on with Toronto FC right now, away from the first team. Toronto FC 2 won their first game in MLS next last weekend. It was a 3-1 final. Congratulations to them. Three goals in your first game. They're playing at York Lions Stadium now. Go out and support TFC 2. Um, it's great to watch the players of the not-so-distant future coming through and playing now. 
uh, and some players who are knocking on the door, three or four of them are training with the first team at present time. Uh, as well, the, the step lower in the academy, the Generation Adidas Cup is going on right now. Now, this is kind of being formed where it brings together youth teams from across the globe, from Club America to Manchester United. They're all there at this tournament competing against the best young players coming through MLS academies. Over the years, it used to be the USA Cup. It used to be the Dallas Cup. I played at both. This seems like it's a little bit more centralized, more organized, and it comes with a level of prestige as well. So he's not joining us in conversation on this week's podcast, but Terry Dunfield, we know um, he's a pundit. He's a coach, and he provides us with outstanding Toronto FC Academy updates. Here is Terry Dunfield on location where he's coaching his under-15s with the Toronto FC Academy with a Generation Adidas Cup Academy update. Wheels, I miss you, man. Greetings from Dallas. Okay, 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 enough of that much. So, Academy update from the GA Cup. We have two teams down here, the 15s and 17s, uh, and both teams are represented. I've done the club so proud. Uh, the, the 17s are just keeping clean sheets for fun. Uh, we're able to nick a goal today against the Chicago Fire. The group's uh, been really solid. There's just a couple key players that are up with our... MLS Next Pro team uh, that had a big result against New York City. A big congrats to Gianni Cimini and Marco Casanova, coaches up there and all the boys, for their first win of the season at home against New York City FC. Uh, to the 15s. To the 15s are uh, on a little bit of a fairy tale run so far. I'm touching wood, say this. Uh, so big picture, 40 teams, the best academies from around the world are down here in Dallas. Ten groups of four, 16 go through. Uh, to go through, to guarantee yourself through, you need to win your group. And then the six uh, next best place uh, or points accumulated to go through. So 16 go into around the 16. Uh, the 15s were in a group with Monterey, Orlando, and then the LA Galaxy. Uh, so first game up against Monterey, streamed around the world. The boys played really well. We had a little bit more of the ball than we thought we would. Uh, we lost 2-1, gave up 2-0, sorry, gave up a couple of crappy goals. But looking through the video, the, the guys did okay. Performance was solid, and we, we hit some of the metrics uh, that we were looking for. Game two, it, it's now a must-win game against Orlando, an Orlando side where... It was a little bit heated when we played though uh, back in January away from home and uh, all the kids got after it. Played some really good stuff. We're dangerous in transition. That's our moment. Uh, and we won one nil. And what was so cool about it is, is we did it in the 60th minute uh, and the 17s were there to support us. And uh, the whole facility went nuts. It was crazy. Proper watershed moment and, and a memory uh, that will live with the kids forever. So we pick up our first three points. Next game, uh, LA Galaxy. And been going back and forth with Munoz and Vanny all week. Uh, Vanny's boys doing amazing. used to play with 
our under-15 team. Uh, so there's a nice storyline there. Again, both sides needed to win uh, to progress. Uh, Monterey had won against... Uh, had won early... Sorry, Monterey were playing uh, Orlando and both sides had a shot of progressing. So anyway, uh, again in the 60th minute, uh, our nine, Joseph Chuku, uh, gets through and scores. And again, the facility erupts. We win 1-0. Uh, it was such a cool feeling uh, for the guys. They were just so happy. So we now uh, win the group, uh, finish ahead of Monterey, Orlando, and the LA Galaxy, uh, and we draw Club America. Okay, round of 16, Club America, let's go. Uh, no rest day, so it's four days in a row in the heat. It's pretty toasty down here. And uh, uh, the, the kids were beast. It, was, it really was all for one. There was grit. There was a lightning delay before. It didn't affect the side. It's such a resilient group. And uh, in the first half, again, Joseph Chuku in transition notches. And uh, the, guy, the guys uh, are able to, to get over the line, to play some good stuff in the first half, second half. Um, a real professional performance uh, from the team. So uh, today was a day off. We had a... Went and watched the 17s, had a great day. Justin Morrow hooked it up. We went to the Dallas Cowboys training ground, which is through the roof. And the boys uh, had a nice private tour there. And we're just uh, prepping for LAFC tomorrow. So a little bit on LAFC. They haven't lost in 24 games. They won 24 straight. They were the number one seed coming out of the group stages. Uh, these guys are good, and, and what a game it's going to be. We kick off at noon. We're on center court. It's going to be stream. Uh, so the guys are hungry to represent. Um, so it's been uh, quite the Cinderella ride. It's been so much fun. The guys are learning so much. It's just, uh, it's been special, and we want to keep this party going. Hey, well done. Thorough as ever, Terry Dunfield, uh, looking to forward diving him back on the podcast next week. Uh, let's wrap up this show. Last season, Maria, we had a lot of fun doing rapid fire with various Toronto FC player players. If you haven't gone back and listened to Alex Bono, he was top drawer so no pressure here it's maria papadakis in rapid fire all right i'm gonna call this my starting 11 even though it's kind of like the final 11 so 11 rapid fire questions for you to answer are you prepared for this do you have like a time clock like is there like a buzzer that's gonna go a little bit if if it takes some description go ahead just try to not be like terry dunfield in his academy update okay Terry, got it. All Ready? right, seatbelt is off. It's like an ask Maria anything here. Uh, your favorite, I, I know the answer to this, it's just so for our listeners. Your favorite other team not named Toronto FC, Liverpool. And why do I should I even ask? I'm hey, 
Where's Man U this season? Sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Uh, no, honestly, my dad is like a diehard Liverpool fan. So growing up, that's literally all I've known and all I've ever watched. So uh, that's that's why, that's why I got into it. There's really no other deeper explanation than I fall in love with the team because of uh, my dad. That's, it's a it's a valid reason. Your favorite player of all time? Ooh, um, I have to say mm, that's tough. I got to say Mohamed Salah. Okay. Um, you're a proud member of the Greek community. Where is the best place? And it just doesn't have to be best food, but the best place to go for a Greek dining dining experience in the GTA. I have to say Pantheon and the Danforth because it's so like they haven't changed anything in there in a while and it just looks so authentic. So Pantheon. Is it it's a combination of the mood, the food, mood, everything? The food, family run, awesome. Gotta go. Okay. What's better, Greek food or Greek soccer? <laughs> the food. <laughs> you want the Euros once upon a time. You don't you don't you don't rate the Greek soccer? I mean I, they haven't done much in a long time, so the food's got a winning at right. this point. <laughs> You're on the Canada bandwagon anyway, so, all right. Uh, summer's fast approaching. What do you prefer for summer footwear? A sandal or a shoe with no sock? A sandal. God, I mean, shoes always should be wearing socks. Or shoes really? Like, I, I wearing hate socks. wearing socks. <laughs> Is that for you personally or for, like people around you, you no, like if socks. I know that you're not wearing socks and you're running shoes like I don't know what it is but like I just it I can't do it like wow. <laughs> I don't know it has to I'm be. glad I found this about like you know our relationship right now I gotta start wearing some socks okay I'm gonna buy you some no-show socks I just I, I'm kind of like I'm long John Winters and then like summer I go the exact opposite it's like I actually wear two pairs of socks in the winter but in the summer I just go sock less no, like I have to, even in my house, like I wear socks and like, or it's slippers. Like I don't like yeah. being barefoot unless I'm like on sand. <laughs> okay. I wear slippers now too. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a very old man, robe and slippers. That's my morning routine. Uh, your favorite summer music. Is it EDM? Is it something light and airy? Is it Yacht Rock? What do you listen to in the summer? What is Yacht, what is yacht Rock? Oh my gosh. I can't. I, I, we don't have time on this podcast. Look it up. Yacht Rock. We had an entire episode uh, two seasons ago. Jerome did a great job putting a Yacht Rock compilation together. I know, like, know, rock music. Like, 80s, kind of like, uh, jazzy, light, airy. Like, check it out. Yacht Rock. All right. I'll, I'll send I you some records. Anyone who I may have offended not knowing what Yacht Rock is. Um, but I have to say, I've really gotten into country recently. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I got to say like between EDM and country music. Okay. Uh, your favorite, since you've been with Toronto FC, your favorite TFC kit, which one is your favorite? Oh, uh, I got to say 2019s. Okay. Your funniest sideline moment. Uh, I had a bug land on my face in my first year uh, field side <laughs> and it wouldn't come off my face while I was on camera and yeah. I was trying to like, uh, yeah, it was a disaster. And then now the camera guys started laughing. Then I started laughing. Then everyone started laughing and I had, yeah, so I had a bug on my face. And it was Are you afraid of bugs or was it just annoying? Oh, I'm terrified of bugs. There are so many moments with Jerome that I was running away from wasps while filming Red Alert. Like it's not, not a thing. Mean bugs. So I don't go camping. <laughs> it's just so 
I'm with you. I'm with you on that front. What's the biggest mistake that you've made? Have you called someone the wrong name or done something else? Ah, uh, the biggest mistake I have made. You're like, oh, that was embarrassing. Um, honestly, I I can't. I I for, oh, I forgot one of my three keys. The name of one of my three keys, and I literally had to make it up on the spot. That was pretty embarrassing. So what and did then you there do? was one time I choked did on my own saliva. And I had to try and like not choke while I was on camera. Oh, that's gold. I'm glad that you survived the choking of your own incident. Uh, just sort of like coughing it, it out. Yeah. Uh, what's the best part of your job? Uh, I got to say uh, being around the fans. Look at that. Being You're able, sucking like, being able up. To the fans like just excited. Oh, I'm not a suck up. If I was asked, what's the worst part of your job? Be around the fence. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and finally, the biggest personality. I mean, you've taken part in all the media days since you've been here. You've interviewed the players. Who's the biggest personality that you've met during your time at Toronto FC? Biggest personality? Why am I? Oh, I'm trying to think now. Biggest person. I I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to think. There's been so many people. Does that player related or does it? Yeah, player, player. Okay. Which player on the um, team is the biggest personality that you met? Honestly, I have to say, like Alex Bono has had like the funniest personality that I've been able to interview so far. So he's been great. And then uh, Josie Altidore definitely had his moments of personality. So I gotta say those two. All right, uh, that was starting eleven or final eleven, rapid fire. With Maria Papadakis. Good stuff, buddy. Other than the start with the Liverpool stuff, we can edit that out after. Hey. So <laughs> we'll, we'll just dub it in. Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is great. Thank you so much for joining us this week, Maria. We'll see you at BMO Field, a 7.30 kickoff on Saturday night. Anything that our fans can expect down there? Anything going on? I haven't got oh, the great. memos. I'm not on the company emails. <laughs> Lots of rain, but honestly, just make sure you guys go check the match day guide on the website. Everything is there for you guys. And if you have any birthdays or anything with someone you're coming with, you guys can make sure you input their names and they can come up on the video board. So there's always fun things to do around BMO Field. And thanks for having me, Gareth. I'm, I'm so, I was always so happy to be here. We'll do this in person again sometime soon. Okay. Up at the training ground. Uh, she is Maria Papadakis. Great job this week. Thank you to our producer extraordinaire, extraordinaire. Erica, that I almost made that one word, extraordinarica. Um, but I'm a professional broadcaster, so I can fight through it. On behalf of everyone here at Toronto FC, I am Gareth Wheeler. We'll see you at BMO Field Saturday night, Philadelphia Union, roll into town. Wheels, wheels down for this week on Come On You Reds. <laughs>